You're listening to the Eltham Baptist Church Podcast. That was lovely. Wasn't that a great time of praising? <laughs> it's lovely just to marinate in the presence of the Lord and bring Him praise. Well, yeah, my name's Oliver. I'm one of the interns here and uh, got some exciting stuff coming. Got Blair coming up as well. I'm looking forward to that. But I just wanted to share you, uh, with you a story uh, uh, that happened uh, in 2009. I was going for my first time to the Middle East. I don't know if you've ever been to the Middle East before or what you would feel as you're flying in for the first time to that kind of area. But I had all sorts of ideas and I arrived and, and these people there were kind of explaining to me a bit about this culture that, you know, honestly, I didn't know very much about. And uh, I was saying, you know, this particular aspect, they were talking about the women there and they said, you know, the women, they would all be dressed up in black, you know, sometimes they're completely covered. Oliver, don't make eye contact with them. If you make eye contact with them, it's like you're, you're trying to make a move on them, you know? You're, you're saying, hey, how are you doing? You know, that's, you don't, don't make eye contact, don't look, don't talk, just... And I was like, okay, all right. So, you know, I head out into the streets and uh, I start looking around and sure enough, all these women there are dressed in black and I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm finding it so hard not to stare. This is so, such a strange sight, but I'm like, remember, remember, don't stare. Anyway, a few, uh, probably about a week in, we um, travel up to the northern part of this country we're in, and we're doing a bit of sightseeing. We go to this old fort, right? It's kind of this classic fort, um, built, you know, very sandstone, out in the desert. Looks lovely. And we go there, and there's all these, uh, a group of students, actually, who've come from a university, and they're all taking photos, dressed in their garb. And uh, I remember walking along... Um, the top of the fort, and I was going into the corner part, maybe you call it like a parapet, and I was walking towards it, and as I was walking there, I realised that there were two women also walking towards the same thing. And I thought, uh-oh, I'm going to walk into that room, and they're going to walk in, and we're going to be in there together by ourselves. And I thought, I can't just turn around and walk the other way, that would be very awkward. So I thought, okay, I'll just stay my course. So I went in, walked into this room, and sure enough, a moment later, these two women came in walking behind me, so I'm like, okay, look interested. Wow, that is a nice rock there. Look at that rock, you know? <laughs> wow, just the, the architecture in here. And then I turn around to leave, and these two women are staring straight at me. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and then they start talking to me. I'm thinking, oh, no. And they say, hey, can we take some photos of you? <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what, I don't know what to do. They're breaking all the rules. <laughs> and so I just said, all right, sure. <laughs> so I, here, sit down over here, okay. You know, trying not to shake as I sit down. And, and they start shooting away for their photography project. And, you know, I'm trying to make a little banter. I didn't know what to do. It was so awkward, you know. I asked them how to say a few words in Arabic. And then um, it got to the point where one of them snapped a shot. She said, looked at it, and she's like, oh, you were so photogenic. And I was like, all right, I'm out of here. That's, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Crossed the line there. And so I managed to get out. But um, <laughs> I don't know if you've had a, ever had a situation like that happen. Not necessarily that exact thing, but where you've been told something. This is what you're meant to do. This is how you meant to act, what you're meant to be. And you go there and you find out, oh, actually, that's not very... Well, maybe it is helpful, but I don't know. There's some things that are happening, you know, something's not aligning here. And I want to put it to you today that I believe this happens a lot spiritually. 
a lot more than we understand or, or are able to perceive, perhaps. That often we, we come to our spiritual life with this mindset, maybe we've been told or taught certain things and we are looking at things, but then actually the reality can be different. And there are spiritual things that we are actually, we're actually having boundaries around us that we don't really realize. All right, let's go to the Word. Turn with me to John chapter 8. And we'll start at verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence. And you do what you have heard from the Father. Alrighty. I don't know if you've ever watched Veggie Tales, but um, on one of them, they uh, put this up as a memory verse. John 8, 32. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So as a kid, I knew this verse growing up. As I think about it and pray about it, and the Lord gives me insight, and more and more I think, wow, there's some profound insight here. Have you ever believed a lie? Have you ever kind of realized, oh man, I believe that person or, or I believe this and it actually wasn't true? Are you believing a lie now? How can you know? How, how do you know if you're believing something that's not true? You have to know the truth in order to distinguish a lie. You can only see if something's a lie or something is not true if you can examine it in light of the truth. Can you see that? This is what Jesus is saying. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You'll realize the things that are untrue that you're believing. Notice in verse 31 it says, He spoke this to the Jews who had already believed in Him. So just because we believe in Jesus doesn't mean that we know all truth, doesn't mean that we are free from lies or these kind of limits. There's a passage um, in Hebrews chapter 5 which captures this really well. Um, it says this, verse 14, But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Solid food. He's talking about milk before and how, you know, it's like infants needing milk. But solid food is for the mature. And in order to distinguish good from evil, we need to be on the solid food. The word, the truth of Jesus. Because without this, we can't distinguish the good from the evil. We can't know what is right from what is wrong. Do you know the story of the ugly duckling? I was thinking about it a bit, and it's quite a fascinating story. It was written uh, by 
uh, Hans Christian Andersen. I notice that we, I always think of Hans Christian Andersen, but it's probably more Hans, Hans Christian Andersen. It's probably a closer pronunciation. Um, but he wrote the story of the ugly duckling, and you know kind of how it goes. This um, duckling is, um, gets out of his egg, and he just is basically an anomaly. He doesn't match up with any of the other ducklings around him, and he's picked on, he's told that he's ugly and all these things, and he gets so demoralized, he, he, he you know, struggles, he falls out with the family, he, he tries to look for a place, tries to look where he can fit in and, and doesn't really find it. And then one day he sees these swans, you know, and he goes over to them, and as he's there in the water, he looks down at his reflection and realizes that he's this beautiful swan that he's turned into that. I believe this happens a lot spiritually that we can spiritually be told that we're ugly ducklings on lots of different levels and not realize that we're actually swans. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. In the same passage, if you read a bit further along, um, from verse 34, let me get back here, Jesus continues on and he says to them, I tell the truth, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. I was doing some thinking on this, and I was thinking about it, and I realized, wow, it's really interesting what Jesus says there. A slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And the Jews there, they said, oh, we're descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves. You know, how can you say that you will set us free? And Jesus says, you know, basically everyone's in slavery. You know, we're all under sin. But it is Jesus who has come to liberate us from that. I want you to imagine, right, that I'm a slave. I have a master and my master's very wealthy and he's got a number of slaves. And one day I look out and I see one of those slaves and I think, oh, man, look at that slave. He's really struggling in his work. He's not finding it very good. Imagine if I went up to him and I said, hey, you're free, you can go. Is he really free? I have no authority to say that. I can't liberate him. I'm a slave. I have no permanent place in the family. That's what Jesus is saying. A slave has no permanent place in the family. There's no authority there, but a son belongs to it forever. Therefore, if the son sets you free, you're free indeed. There are many people... um, who, um, in the life of the church, perhaps with good intention, some with evil intention, but some with good intention, are trying to set others three free from slavery, trying to say, you know, we look at other people's lives and, oh man, this is, this is an issue, or that's a challenge, you know, and we try and speak into their lives. But unless it is the word of the Son, it's useless. It's not really going to liberate. Unless the Son says to me, hey, Oliver, can you tell that slave that he's free? Then I can pass that on and it's got authority. But if I say it on my own, it's not going to do anything, is it? I was reading through Colossians a while back and there's a a scripture there that really captures this well. Uh, Colossians 2. I was reading through Colossians because I thought, you know, I like reading through 1 Corinthians and and 2 Corinthians. I feel like there's so much, but Colossians, they were a good church, you know, who was just saying all these good things about them. But I thought, you know, I've got to read this. It's in the Bible. And then I stumbled across this passage. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad I read this. So Colossians 2, verse 8. 
There's a warning. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. You can walk into Kurong and you find many books there that are saying many things. I walk in these days and I just look at the books and I, oh man, it's so noisy. All this information, all these words, all this, I find it very hard sometimes. But there are many people there who, perhaps out of good intention, um, hopefully out of good intention, are trying to set other people free, are trying to say, hey, look, let's look at this. These things are problems and, you know, doing their best. But if it depends on deceptive philosophy, human tradition, the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ, you can read that till the cows come home, you can practice everything that you find in those books, but it's not going to free you. It's only the word of the Son. Only the Son has authority to free. Here's the one with the permanent place. We are slaves, slaves to sin, but He has come to free us. So we can have that in Him. Isn't that why Jesus calls the Pharisees blind guides? You see, the Pharisees, they were there, and they were teaching the people, trying to instruct them, but He said, hey, you're blind guides. You're not really guiding people into freedom, into truth. You're actually blind yourself. You're stumbling around in darkness. It's only in Christ that we can really see truth and know freedom. Back to... John, in the passage here, Jesus says this in verse 37. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I want to ask you today, maybe you feel like an ugly duckling, maybe you're not aware of it. <laughs> um, you know, when I say, are you believing something that is a lie right now? How can you know? You don't want to be. I don't want to be. Coming back to that passage in Hebrews, it's by solid food that we are able to distinguish and constant use of that, good and evil. That's how we're able to break free from things, the hollow and deceptive philosophy that people may be trying to bring. He says to the Jews here, you have no room for my word. I want to ask you, think about your life. Do you have room for Jesus' word? And I want you to think about it on two levels. One is uh, the kind of more obvious or, or closer thing. Do you make time for it? Do you set aside time? What, is, what are you filling yourself with? Is there space, is there room in your life to be trained into maturity, to be able to distinguish between good and evil, to be able to set free by the truth that comes from the Son? Is there room in your life for that? Have you made room? And the second plane to think about making room is there's lots of things in our lives that, that um, grab us for our attention or grab us to um, as like a, a source of, of guidance. Um, so it could be your parents. It could be uh, your colleagues at work. It could be um, maybe the things that you're um, taking through um, in the media. 
is the Bible higher than everything else as far as giving you guidance? The Scriptures say, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. But if you're trying to use all these other lanterns that are not really lanterns, are you going to stumble and fall? Have you got room at the very top place as authority in your life for the word of Christ? Have you got room there? Yeah. I'll finish there. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you that you came to tell the ugly, duckling, ugly ducklings that we are beautiful. Thank you that you have made us beautiful through your death and resurrection. And Lord, I pray for each one of us here, myself included, who are believing lies that we might not even be aware of, Father. Untruths, maybe slight truths, maybe half-truths, maybe truth mixed with something else. Lord, I ask for each one that you would give us a desire to make room for your word. That we would be able to receive, Lord, the solid food that gives us maturity so that we'll be able to distinguish good from evil, true from a lie. That we might be free from the lies that are holding us back. The ways that perhaps people have called us ugly in certain areas or people have spoken things over us, Father, that are not true, that are not in line with the word of the Son. They're actually the word of a slave, Father, someone who has not been liberated and has not spoken from the Son. Lord, I pray that you would place in us a desire to seek your word, to be liberated and to really know the freedom that comes in Christ. And I pray for Blair, Lord, as he uh, comes to also bring us the word and the message you, you have placed on his heart, Father. Pray that he'd speak it boldly, in love, and that you would use it, Father, to touch your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Eltham Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to hear more or simply pay us a visit, go to www dot elthambaptist dot net